Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And welcome into the run home with Ricardo and Beaver. Thanks to Mick Delivery. Uh, g'day, Beef. How is your Tuesday treating you, mate? Yes, my name is Ricardo. Uh, I just got back from an enthralling half an hour of ballet for four-year-olds, so no, I can't can't complain about how my Tuesday really reached some heights already today. So looking forward to what the next three hours has in store for us, Ricardo. Great to have you on board. Uh, obviously, the powers that be said, Beaver and the boys, uh, nice for novelty value, uh, no long-term future in it. Really? So uh, here we are. That surprises me. I heard only good things. <laughs> well, I mean... You probably only talked to Beave and the boys uh, because, uh, yeah, I, I think the widespread feedback, um, not as positive. Not as, okay, well, that's disappointing, no. mate. That's disappointing. Uh, well, let's have a look what's coming up on our Macca's menu. Uh, we have got, well, a whole heap coming your way, actually. It's a, tell you what, uh, Jacob, he might not be, uh, he may, might not be much of one to bounce off uh, there, Beave, but I tell you, we put a damn good show together um, because we do have uh, uh, B-Pops uh, from the tab coming up this hour. We've also got Sumo, uh, your old mate. Uh, he's part of the Spark Sport commentary team. He's going to talk to us about that Black Caps test win yesterday, man. What, oh, could about go down to the wire. Um, I like to use that rather than... Uh, by the barest possible margin. Uh, then after uh, five o'clock, uh, an old teammate of yours, Tawira Kerbalo, I believe he's uh, he's home at the moment for a little bit, so uh, we're going to catch up with him, see what he's up to. We're going to drive to survive worth a hundred bucks as well, thanks to the TAB. And uh, Justin Morgan, Warriors assistant coach, after six and around 6.30, we're going to talk some sailing with uh, young Blair Chuk. Plus, on top of all that, it's Teamless Tuesday, which we'll get into shortly. That is uh, what is coming your way with Mick Delivery, Delivery and your Macca's favourites straight to your door, Beef. Powerful lineup here. Mm. Uh, but yeah, you mentioned the Black Caps. My word. Uh, what a what a conclusion last night. I think they started to play just before we got on air. Mm. So maybe a half three, quarter four, and still a mountain of runs to get in an afternoon of test cricket and to see them do it in the end. Uh, pretty special. On the back of what was also probably two weeks ago, uh, the most special of special. So the Black Caps, I know, they've, I know there's still some, uh, I guess, naysayers out there, uh, some people who are wanting to put a line through them. Uh, but, jeez, for pure box office, tell me what's better to watch. Mate, I'll tell you what, you know, all those people that say test cricket's boring. I mean, like, you know, I, I, I think they could make changes. I, I, I just probably not the team I'd put out if I was Gary Stead, but... Mate, they've got two last gasps wins. You, you can't argue with that. We, should, we, should we hear how it finished last night, uh, Jacob? Because if you didn't hear it, I was juggling. I was trying to do a Canterbury a Crusaders rugby show with Justin Marshall and then a, a show on Moana Pacifica with Peter Alatini and trying to watch the cricket at the same time. It wasn't easy. Uh, so I actually missed it live, but this is how it sounded. Final ball of this amazing test match here at Hagley Oval. New Zealand need one. Oh, it's missed. He's out. If he hits, he's out. He's safe. Oh, double play. Double play. We're going upstairs. 
Upstairs we go. Do New Zealand win or is this a draw? They scampered through. Oh, the desperate dive gets New Zealand home in a thriller. An absolute thriller, a famous victory, not out. Oh, New Zealand, despite the rain and a plucky performance from Sri Lanka, New Zealand have navigated their way through a host of challenges to win in the most remarkable circumstances. What an amazing test match by both sides. Well, i tell you what, Beeve, I reckon um, Spark Sport might have to employ a physio to try and help iron out that commentator's tongue. He he, he was all over the shop at the start trying to call that, wasn't he? Well, Macca, he's, uh, he's had some big moments of ladies. He's been in the box seat last uh, last two dramatic test matches, and on top of that, obviously, Azeem and Kane brought up the, the most runs ever by an international New Zealand batsman. So, geez, he's, uh, he's well adverse now to calling those moments remarkable when you think five days of test cricket falls on one ball mm. at the end of all of that I was just thinking obviously we were saying before how and you yourself said you wouldn't be doing exactly how Gary Stead's doing it at the moment from a selection point of view but the highs and lows of a five day test match I mean for the last couple of test matches day two and day three you would have thought we were the worst test nation in the world <laughs> uh, when you read any media or, or listen to feedback and talk back you know there's there's people wanting this player gone, this player gone, and that player gone. And, you know, someone like Tickner goes and gets four wickets, gets us in a position to do it all. And uh, and obviously, the previous test match, Wagner was the hero. This time round, obviously, King Kane, uh, who even he was subject to a fair bit of criticism after the first test against uh, England. He's, he's been nothing but uh, Kane himself since then. But uh, just... Just the roller coaster of it is Test cricket. Nothing we've we've talked about it before. Nothing can compare to the five day roller coaster that is, and then to finish up on the last ball. Uh, it's, test cricket just keeps getting better. Maybe it's because we've got so much of this other cricket uh, that Test cricket's coming along for a ride. Yeah, well, maybe you're right. You might be onto something. And I know you, you know, said that we, uh, you, if you read some of the media, we might, you might think we're the worst test side in the world. But according to the World Test Championship ladder, we're the second worst team in the world. Oh. Pete. So there you go. <laughs> Apologies. Well, there you go. Uh, well, maybe some of the media's pretty close, close to mark there. I apologise. <laughs> no, that's all good, mate. But we, we well, where have we got on that? Mm. Where's England in all of that? England are fifth. Yes, yeah, so that's rubbish. Yeah, that's absolute rubbish. Those but, rankings. Well, there no, you go. Them. The, Don't quote them, Ricardo. <laughs> okay, this is it, it goes twenty twenty one to twenty twenty three, right? And the cutoff, yes. uh, the cutoff, I think, is the after this test series, after this test series with Sri Lanka, uh, and after the India Australia test series. So we've got about what must be the end of March is is the cutoff. Um, so it's a two year period. In that time, England have played twenty two tests, won ten, drawn four, lost eight. New Zealand yeah. have, have only played twelve. How do you so they do it on one percentage, which is a bit weird. Yeah. And the eight losses probably doesn't help uh, the English. Uh, the final, obviously, it's Australia India. Is mm. that going to be at Lords? It's going to be in England, is it at Lords? It's Jacob? at the Oval. It's at the Oval. There you go. It's at the Oval. It's so. a done job now, isn't it? Oh, India's not going to beat Australia and England. They have a quick, quick attack that they will now 
bring back into circulation after having to bowl three spinners in India. <laughs> exactly. No, I wouldn't have thought so. You'd, you'd have to make the Australians favourites. Um, and the other thing that I think probably makes the Aussies favourites is that that test starts 10 days after the finish of the IPL. So pretty much that entire Indian team will have been playing T20 cricket for three months, and then they'll have that. Very similar to our situation, though, wasn't it? I remember the a lot of our big guns missed the England series as a warm-up, and they just rolled them out, and, and I guess hope for the best. There was obviously chat that they were all using the balls over in India and, and, and practising with it, so very similar. I guess there's just so much cricket played these days, but uh, no, fantastic. And uh, they've they've made some they've made some selections for the ODI squad to face Sri Lanka, Ricardo. You, you're across a lot of, I guess, uh, the comings and goings and who should be or who shouldn't be in there. What have you made of this one day squad? Are we starting to starting to firm what could a World Cup squad could look like? Yeah, I think so. well. I mean, the, the problem that we have is that these uh, white ball games against Sri Lanka clash with the IPL. Oh, of course. So uh, we are gonna, we're going to start all right, but then we're going to miss a few, right? So um, so K- uh, Kane Williamson, Tim Southey and Devin Conway um, are not going to play at all in the in the White Ball series. Neither is Mitch Santner. And then I think for the first ODI at Eden Park, which is the 25th of March, Lockie Ferguson, Fit Allen and Glenn Phillips will play the first one. And then they're gone as well. So Mark Chapman and Henry Nichols come in. So, yeah, I mean, I think from one one sort of good point of view is we'll get to see a few new faces and, and a few guys will get a, an opportunity at Test Cricket. And, uh, you know, two of those, pretty exciting. Um, been a lot of talk, Beave, you would have noticed, you know, around going into that English first test at Bay Oval. We lack a left-arm seaman now, now there's no Trent Bolt. Uh, well, they've found one, Ben Lister, out of Auckland, who's pretty quick. Swings the ball left arm seamer, so he's been named. He's uncapped, and Chad Bowes as well, who's out of uh, the Canterbury squad, and he is the top white ball run scorer domestically in New Zealand this season. There you go. Was there any, or is Guppy in the IPL? Or was there any, uh, was there any smoke around that potential inclusion, or are we just holding off and and trying to stay firm to think that we've made the right call, and then at the last minute drop him into a uh, World Cup squad? Well, that might happen. He's not on this squad. Um, so the ODI squad to, to face Sri Lanka, this is what it looks like. Tom Lathan's captain. Then Finn Allen, Tom Blundell, Chad Bowes, Michael Bracewell, Mark Chapman, Lockie Ferguson, Matt Henry, Ben Lister, Daryl Mitchell, Henry Nichols, Glenn Phillips, Henry Shipley, the young Canterbury all-rounder, Ish Sodi, Blair Tickner, and Will Young. So that is the, your white ball squad. Does Conway, Conway get IPL, does he? Yeah, he does. He's, uh, yeah. Yeah, so he's, he's away. He goes before this even starts. I think it's him, Southey, and Williamson are, um, are, are excused altogether. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting, mate. It's going to be interesting, that's for sure. Uh, certainly a few few names, new names in there. And, I, you know, there's a few names that aren't in there too, which may be a bit of a surprise. I mean, considering that Kugeline has been part of the test lineup, or part of the test squad, he's not in the in the white ball squad. And Jacob Duffy, who keeps getting called up and then let go and called up and let go, he's not made it either. And someone like Kugline's probably more probably suited to the white ball stuff, wouldn't you think, as opposed well, to the poten- stuff? Potentially, uh, his style of batting and things. Yeah. He, he feels more like a white ball player than a, than a, than a red ball player, I, I think. And uh, another big news today, Ricardo, obviously something dear to your heart, mm. being the athlete, and especially this discipline in particular. Yeah. Uh, but the passing of the man that revolutionised high jump. 
Yeah, rest in peace to the high jump Olympic champion, um, Dick Flop Fosbury. I mean, he's the guy that invented the, invented the Fosbury flop. It's a different way of doing the high jump. That's where you, you run up sort of sideways and then you jump over backwards and you, you lead with your shoulder. You know, the one yes. beef, you would have done it plenty of times at school. Yeah, it was always my choice, uh, my preferred choice of technique when it came to the high jump as opposed to the scissor. Uh, was never flexible, even as a 10-year-old trying to get out of uh, your primary school uh, day off and go to group day and, and what have you. So, no, the the flop was always my preferred choice. Uh, I always, I was always half-decent high jump, always managed to qualify for the, uh, the primary school stuff, but didn't stop me from really stuffing up my angles. And quite mm. often, I'd always take out the far pole. Oh, right. Uh, and just completely wipe out the steel the steel frame and uh, so leave far, my jump very late. Far from ideal. Far from <laughs> ideal. <laughs> would you, would you miss happen. the mat? I'd miss the mat relentlessly. So by the time I got it nailed off, I'd have to have half the mat pretty much uh, outside of the, uh, the steel frame and, and half the actual landing area behind the... Um, behind the uh, pole doing horizontal would actually be bare grass because we only had one mat at Sandsbury mm. Primary, not a, whole lot of, not a whole lot of room there. So they just had to shift it because they knew that I was going to go very close if not taking up that steel frame at the on the far side. Well, actually, just recently, my daughter had uh, the athletics day at her primary school and yes. um, she was like, hey, how'd you go in the running? And she was like, oh, I came fourth in this race and then I came sixth in that race. I was like, great. She goes, and then we did discus. And I was like, great. And then she goes, and we did high jump. And I was like, oh, how was the high jump? She goes, I love the high jump. It was my favorite. And I was like, great, great. Did you did you go all right? She goes, yeah, but I made them take the pole off because I didn't want to hit it. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, so you just ran up and jumped on a mattress, basically. But that was her favorite part. So uh, she definitely takes after her father on that side of things. Yeah, I was going to say, Anyone of your genes, uh, Ricardo, doesn't strike me as a high jumper. No, 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 no. We're very low centre of gravity beef. We, we, like, we like to stick to the ground, just quietly, just quietly. Um, so, yeah, but, uh, yeah, the old uh, old old flop, for the Fosbury flop, mate. I mean, uh, you rest in peace, that bloke, but uh, revolutionised sport. Not too many people revolutionised sport to a point in time that their name becomes associated with that sport, particularly, or a move yes. in that sport. You know what I mean? Well, particularly with something like high jump, there's only two ways to do it. Yeah. Really? Yeah, he, so, and he invented a whole way. Before yeah. that, there was, there was only the, the hamstring-destroying scissor move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it gave, it gave for less flexible people an opportunity in the sport. Yeah, so he's an equal opportunity uh, uh, type athlete. Is that what you're saying, Beef? Yeah, he's an advocate. He's an advocate. advocate. He's an advocate. I like it. I like it. Our temper bedpost text machine here is double eight double three double eight double three. Maybe you've got a Fosbury flop story, but we are going to ask you uh, to hit us soon because it is Teamless Tuesday, Beef, um, and we thought we would do in the wake yesterday that test match. I don't know. I still can't figure out why the hell Blair Tickner wasn't out there, but Neil Wagner, who's got a bulging disc in his back and a torn right hamstring, padded up. And he had to run that last by uh, to get us home. Um, I'm not sure why Tick no, wasn't out there or why Wags had to do it. But boy, talk about going above and beyond. What an absolute warrior. Absolutely. And it still blows my mind. I mean, I've seen the footage, obviously, of him scampering down there. Still doesn't look like he was dragging a leg for a man that's got a torn hamstring. Mm. Like, jeez, he's, he's covering it well. Jeez, he's covering it well. Yeah, Not it. only did he bowl all those overs with a torn hamstring, now he's doing the 22-yard uh, dash in record pace. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So we thought our teamless Tuesday should be Kiwis that never need to buy a Grins again uh, because 
of their absolute toughness uh, and and sticking it out. Real real warriors, Steve, and, and we want to open that up to to weekend warriors as well, don't we? Oh, absolutely. If uh, you got a mate who uh, showed up, broke a limb, still still managed to get through the the Div Two final in West Coast Club Rugby, let us know. Uh, those sorts of heroes need to be a part of this team this Tuesday because uh, it's about going beyond be, and beyond. Um, beyond and beyond. Beyond and a bond. It's a, again, it's an amalgamation of a couple of phrases. I just like to save words, Ricardo. You know that, mate. Well, you're doing uh, it well. Uh, so, so, so you got your Wagners, uh, possibly your Buck Shelfords, obviously, when you think about going above and beyond. Mm, yeah. um, toughness, eh? Toughness. I, I, I always think about Mark Graham as well. Broken arm, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Colin Meads did that too, didn't he? He played yes. with a broken arm, played a test with a broken arm. Um, but yeah, I think it was it Mark Graham broke something like 29 bones in his body during his rugby league career. He retired at 29, Beef, would you believe? <laughs> you wouldn't do that today. <laughs> no, they, would, they would not let you. No, you would, you would somehow eat that out to uh, a very long and illustrious career. Uh, yes, indeed. Uh, we'll keep your text coming through on that. We want your re- uh, your nominations for Teamless Tuesdays. Kiwis that don't need to buy another grins again. Real warriors who play through the pain barrier. Maybe you've got a mate or maybe it's you that has done the same in, in, in your weekend uh, uh, club footy or, or cricket or whatever it may be. Let us know. Double eight, double three. That is the temper bed post text machine. It is 421 here on SENZ. This is The Run Home with Ricardo and Beef. Thanks to Mick Delivery.